For health's sake, a simple chat for better health. I'm your host, Donna Karras. These podcasts are a publication of Amory Hospital and Clinic, Hudson Hospital and Clinic, Health Partners Clinic, Stillwater, Lakeview Hospital, and Westfields Hospital and Clinic. All are part of a nonprofit healthcare organization committed to enhancing community health. I'm talking to physical therapist Scott Gorham about the age-old question, how much physical activity do we really need? What are the exercise guidelines for adults and older adults? So according to the American College of Sports Medicine, they they look into this stuff pretty intently and do a lot of research. So in a nutshell, what they recommend is 150 minutes of moderate intensity activity. Moderate activity equates to three to six METs. And then you want 150 minutes of moderate activity per week. So that will be about 30 minutes day if you exercise five days out of the week. So that, or you want 75 minutes of vigorous activity per week, which equates to about 20 to 25 minutes a day for three days out of the week. What are moderate intensity activities? Yeah. So as I kind of had mentioned before, we measure intensity in, in what we call METs. That's just the fancy term that we give exercise intensity, but that basically stands for metabolic equivalence is what a MET is. Examples, common everyday examples of moderate intensity activity would be things like uh, walking at a fairly brisk pace, which would be about 15 to 20 minutes per mile, or biking at a leisurely to slightly above leisurely pace. Other common activities include uh, gardening, golfing, dancing, doing yard work. Does household chores or taking the steps instead of the elevator count? Yes, absolutely. Um, such things as like vacuuming, shoveling snow, as we all know here in Minnesota, can be very taxing. Raking leaves in the fall. Um, those are just some examples of like higher intensity, like household chores that you can do that will challenge you a little bit more. Even intentionally taking extra steps throughout the day, like taking short rest breaks during the workday to walk around the office, parking further away in a parking lot so you get a couple extra steps to go into the grocery store or if you're still going to work. Those are really easy ways to fit in uh, extra steps throughout the day where we can kind of burn more calories and give us the activity that we need. Is counting daily steps helpful? Yes, it can in most instances. It can be a helpful way to, to motivate us. I think that's one of the biggest ways that it can be helpful. So it's one thing to try and exercise every day, but like what's motivating us to exercise? You know, some people are motivated just to stay healthy and that's fine. But for others, having a tangible goal to try and achieve can be very motivating and maybe be the difference to get them to do something. So once you turn you know, any regular activity into a, a goal-oriented activity um, that you can try and achieve, people typically become more motivated to a- achieve those goals. And then when you achieve your goals, you get a good sense of accomplishment, and that makes you feel really good about yourself to where you want to continue to meet those goals. So just setting a a step goal each day to reach can be a a great way to just motivate yourself to exercise more. What should we do for muscle strengthening activities? There are a multitude of ways you can strength train. There's like a multitude of factors that people should consider when trying to choose what muscle strengthening modes that they want to do. Three questions that I think are probably most pertinent to help you make that decision. First of all, do you have any previous resistance training experience? 
So some people might have had uh, like a weight training class in like high school or college where they might be pretty comfortable in a gym. So just any previous experience that you have goes a long way in just knowing what to do. Number two, what type of equipment do you have access to at home or at work or at the gym? I'd say this is probably one of the most limiting factors is people just don't have the equipment to exercise with. Even if you don't have any strengthening equipment, you can still strength train. You just got to know what type of exercises to do. But uh, if you do have equipment, that can be very helpful as well. And then number three, like what type of strength training do you enjoy doing? Like, do you like doing body weight exercise? Do you like being in the weight room or do you like having machines that you can kind of go and align just doing each machine every day. Those are all kind of three big things that you might want to consider when it comes to strengthening your muscles. But like I said before, there's no one better than another. It's just kind of convenience what your experience is and what you enjoy doing. We hear move more and sit less. Why does that matter and how do we incorporate that into a workday? Yes. So as a society, we've developed a lot of great technology to make our lives easier. However, a negative side effect of that is that we've become more sedentary. You know, like for an example, grocery delivery services, they'll save you a trip to the grocery store and bring the items right to your door. It's super convenient. I've done it multiple times. But as convenient as that is, like how many steps are you missing out on uh, from walking around the grocery store? That could equate to about like 15 to 20 minutes of physical activity that you're missing out on. And over time, that can really add up. We know all the negative side effects from inactivity and taking steps out of your day can certainly contribute to that. But the good news is we can combat that. So by incorporating steps into your daily routine, like we talked about before, can be very helpful for that. If we aren't active, how do we get started? Any way you would like. Yeah, you can get started by being active really any way you would like. Kind of like I alluded to before. It's just kind of whatever seems doable to you and what seems sustainable. So again, some things you might consider is like what mode of exercise just seems doable to you. So start with any mode of exercise that you enjoy or that you seems reasonable to stay consistent with. I think that's the biggest thing is just consistency. So what sort of exercise can you do that you can do consistently day in and day out, whether it's taking steps or using your exercise machine at home or doing some sort of combination? Just pick that. And then from there, you want to just be mindful of how much activity you're starting with. Doing too much too soon can lead to injuries, which is a big reason why I see a lot of patients in the clinic. So having a a trained fitness professional or healthcare provider to help you come up with a structured plan can be very helpful in assisting you uh, getting started with your fitness journey for sure. But just do whatever you feel like you can stay consistent with, I think, is the biggest thing and that you enjoy, of course, too. What benefits do different types of exercise give us? That's another great question. So there's a lot of different benefits that you can get from exercises. Kind of put it into a couple different buckets. You can get like aerobic benefits, muscle strengthening benefits, bone strengthening benefits, and even things like improving your balance can be really uh, helpful. So generally speaking, each type of exercise gives us the same uh, types of benefits in all those different buckets, but each type certainly emphasizes a different bucket more than other aspects of physical performance. So if we're uh, again talking about like aerobic activity, which basically means like long periods of like walking or running, biking, swimming, or any like aerobic equipment that you have like a treadmill, those types of things are beneficial for like heart and lung health. 
but it also does have some benefits to the bone health as well. Strength training, like lifting weights, uh, like doing body weight push-ups or, you know, doing something with a barbell or handheld weights. Those are most helpful with improving muscular strength and power and endurance. So basically just how our muscles perform so we can lift heavier things. Strength training can also be really good for bone health and bone strength. What is bone strength? So that basically refers to what we call bone density. How thick is like the inside of our bone is how you can think about it. As we grow older, many of us develop uh, what we call osteoporosis. And that just means like the thinning of that bone. So it's not as compact in there. And that leaves you susceptible to things like uh, fractures. But how you stimulate bone growth, how you make that more dense so you're less susceptible to fracture, is uh, doing some weight-bearing exercises through the bone. So getting like in a push-up position, whether it's on the ground or a countertop or even up against a wall, that loads up the long, what we call like the long axis through your arms, gives us some compression forces, and that helps with the density in the bones. And then for the legs, doing any sort of like pushing motion with our legs. So an example of that is just a regular squat, even standing up from a chair, doing stairs. All those weight-bearing exercises are really helpful for bone strength and keeping that bone density up. Then uh, the last little bucket I talked about is, is balance. And you can challenge that in different ways. Doing things like single leg balance or just like standing on one leg, standing with your feet together with your eyes closed. Those are just common static balance things that you can do. And then more like walking balance things like walking heel toe, walking backwards, walking side to side. Those are easy exercises you can do to help with your balance. Another thing as we grow older, our balance just isn't as good as it used to be when we were early in our lives. And what that can lead to is a risk of falling. This is a huge issue in our elderly population. If you're at a higher risk of falls, when you, when you fall down, you risk getting trauma to your body. You can fracture your hip or you can bump your head. That might cause a stroke. So that can lead to a lot of really big catastrophic physical trauma that we get to our body just from falling. But if we practice our balance exercises, that can help reduce the risk of our falling down tremendously. Do you have any other tips for reaching the recommended level of activity? I think the biggest recommendation I would give anybody and what I tell my patients all the time is to find some type of exercise you enjoy, something you can do consistently, and something that challenges you. That's great information. Thanks, Scott. You're welcome. Thanks for listening. 